We're all nerds in our own right. Some people are nerds about cars, food, stocks, movies, and so on. Alex Nix and Chris Wilson are just two average millennial guys who happen to be sports nerds and love discussing the world of sports. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the eighth episode of the Average Sports Nerds Podcast. Alex Nix here, joined by Chris Wilson, and we are going to talk some more NBA playoffs. Lots of lots of things have happened since Monday evening when we recorded our last episode, and we just have a lot of talk, a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, it's currently Wednesday evening at around 11 p.m. Eastern. So three out of the four games have been played. Uh, the the last game is about halfway through the third quarter right now. We, yeah, like I said, we have a lot to talk about, and I'm excited to get into this. Yeah, me too. I'm ready. Um, big, big games. You know, there's been a lot of talk about these NBA playoffs. It's happening real fast. Uh, this bubble atmosphere is awesome. You know, this this is that time of year. Let's get into it. Yeah, it has a real March Madness feel to it with all the games stacked on top of each other and every single day. It's it's great, like we talked about before. But let's just get into the, the game ones that we didn't talk about on Monday evening. So the Sixers ended up losing that game that we, we stopped recording right as the fourth quarter was starting. The Sixers lost. I'm not surprised. I was upset. I'm not surprised. Um. I'm not going to talk too much about that because I have quite a quite a bit to talk about the Sixers once they are officially eliminated. I'm not going to jinx it yet. I'm just going to wait. If y'all want to hear me rant about the Sixers, just wait until they're eliminated by the Celtics probably in four games. Uh, yeah. Um, just want to point out, yeah, you know, they, they end up losing 109-101, eight-point eight point loss. You know, Celtics, at least on paper and I guess on the court so far, clearly a better team. Uh, they also lost again tonight. We might as well just talk about both of the games a little bit. Um, 128 to 101. So, yeah, they never really were in the game tonight, it felt like. Yes, they were. Uh, well, in the first half they were. I first, shouldn't say that. The first quarter they were winning. Yeah. They were dominating. They were up by 14. And then – Yeah, I was going to say um, – you know, from halftime on, they never really made any type of run to get back in the game. So, this might be a sweep unless, you know, Embiid, he's, I think he's still playing pretty well. So, there's, you know, they might be able to steal one. There's nobody around them. They can't play defense. At least tonight they didn't play defense. The offense was very stagnant after the first quarter. It's just – Richardson was all right. He was okay, but okay isn't good enough when you have Jason Tatum Going going for thirty plus, and then Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker both going for twenty plus. On the other side, you need Joel Embiid can't be the only person scoring. Tobias Harris and Al Horford are getting paid two hundred eighty nine million dollars total with their contracts, and they're not doing anything. So I, like I said, I have a rant coming. Yeah, Tobias Harris and looking at a thir- thirteen points on four for fifteen. That's just that's not going to cut it. I have a rant Horford coming. Four points. <laughs> I have a rant. Yeah. Once once they're done, y'all are gonna hear some. Yeah. Anyway, right. enough about the Sixers. I'm getting my blood pressure going. Um, <laughs> the last game um, played on Monday was the Clippers and the Mavericks. What a great game that was! 
Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic excuse me, had 42 points, and he was the fourth player under, under the age of 25 to score over 40 on that day, which is a crazy stat. First time in NBA history, four players under the age of 25 had 40, 40 or more points in the playoffs on one day. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, uh, the league is in good hands for sure once LeBron and KD and Kawhi all start to fade out. Um, with that said, the score on Monday night, the uh, the Clippers won 118 to 110, and it was a really, really close game throughout the entire game. The Mavericks, we talked about it before. We thought it was a good matchup, specifically for Kristaps Porzingis, while we're talking about Kristaps Porzingis. He was ejected in the third quarter because the NBA is going soft. Yeah. He was defending Luca, their star player. I, I don't think he was defending Luca. <laughs> or what? I forget exactly what happened. Just because they're on the same team. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't really remember what happened on the play. Oh, no, I, no. When I say defending Luca, I mean like standing oh, up. Oh, yeah. Up for yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, my bad. He definitely was. Um, I think somebody, it was some rough contact or something. Can't really remember specifically. Yeah, Marcus Morris like shoved him or something like that. And he, or he didn't shove him, but it was like a, a cheap a cheap foul. Yeah. And, and and KP took exception to that and came and pushed Marcus Morris out of Luca's face. And that was it. That's all he did. There was no there were no punches thrown. There was nothing else. And after review, the refs decided to eject him. And that was well, the softest thing I've ever seen. Well, Technically, I mean, it, he only got ejected because it was his second technical. Um, he had picked up a tech earlier in the game, I think, for – I'm not – I honestly, like, I was kind of fading in and out watching this one. So, you know, um, I just know he picked up a tech earlier. I think he was arguing with the ref or something or he celebrating too hard. You know how they've been tough with the technicals in the bubble, which, you know, I've been very critical of. So – Regardless. I, yeah, it's just – yeah, it, they – It shouldn't have been a tech. There was no yeah. need for that to be a tech. It's it's the playoffs. It gets heated. Let them play. Let yeah. them, it, it's 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 competitive basketball. Things are gonna get heated. You see much much worse when you play pickup. Facts. Yeah. Like so. Anyway, um, I think that really screwed the Mavericks out of having a, a real shot to win that game because it was a really close game while Porzingis was in there and you saw. Uh, a pretty big difference once he left the game. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, from what I, you know, the highlights I watched and everything. Uh, I mean, Kawhi Leonard was decent. You know, he wasn't like amazing or anything. Definitely a winnable game. Uh, mm-hmm. Sad that the NBA, you know, the referees kind of took one from the Mavericks. So, you know, they're playing right now. I'm sure. Hopefully, by then, by the time we finish recording, they'll finish up playing, so we can talk about game two. Um, it's just yeah. It there's there's just no reason for that. NBA needs to do better, especially keeping the stars in the playoffs. I I just hate when when ticky tack stuff you know determines outcomes of games. 
Right, no matter the sport, whether it's football, basketball, soccer. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, it's, it's just whenever the ref gets in the way, it takes away from the players shining, and it's just it's awful. So, with that said, we'll move on to the second day of game ones, and the first game on Tuesday was the Bucks and the Magic, the one in the eight seed. Oh, Bucks easily won, right? Oh, you you would think so. <laughs> the Bucks lost by twelve points to the Orlando the Orlando Magic and the hometown Orlando Magic. Yeah. The, you know the Bucks. <laughs> the Bucks didn't look good. Uh, their defense looked very very shoddy at best. Their offense didn't look good. They shot sixty four percent from the free throw line, where Orlando shot ninety four percent. Yeah. The Bucks they shot 43% from the field as a team. 14 of 42 from three, so so 13 or 33%, excuse me. They Giannis it's again, it's another it's another case of Giannis doing what he could. He had 31, 17 and 7, and the next highest score was had 16 points in George Hill. Um no, they got they had solid production. They had five guys in double digits, but they barely had double digit, double digits. It was just the case of the Bucks not having the best roster, um, and their defense was exposed. Surprisingly, yeah. Um, I think the main part, thing in this game for me was Giannis's inability to be effective when teams just pack the paint. Um, I know he had thirty-one, seventeen rebounds, seven assists. I mean, he was only 12 for 25. You know, Giannis usually more efficient of a player than that. Uh, he was three for seven on threes. I thought he was – he started to settle a little bit too much, in my opinion. Um, it was it was a tough game to watch offensively for the Bucks. They never really got it going. The rest of the shooters around, Giannis didn't get it going. Um, they need to put out an APB for Chris Middleton because I don't know where he was at. When they need to find him before game two because he was awful. And I don't, you know, say that about a lot of players. You know, these guys are playing hard and everything. But he he was awful out there, just plain and simple. Four for 12 from the field, 14 points, two for six from the three-point line. Just just a terrible game out of Middleton. He's going to have to step up. And all the guys are going to have to step too. up. Brooke Lopez had five and four in 30 minutes as a starting center. Yeah, uh, he, he, yeah, they got dominated by Vucevic. Absolutely they, dominated. He had himself a game. Yep, he had um, he had thirty five, fourteen, and four. He was absolutely great. Uh, yeah, I mean, Giannis is just again. I mean, granted, it's only one game in the playoffs, but same same scenario as last year. He was good. He's good until teams figure out how to stop him and stop the paint, stop the, stop the scoring in the paint. And that's, it's, it's that simple. That's what the Raptors did when they won four straight in the conference finals last year. It's just, it's that simple. It really is like, it, I want, I want to go into more detail with it, but it, I don't, there's nothing really else to say other than teams pack the paint and he isn't a great outside shooter. A lot of his outside shots yesterday were bricks. Looking like yeah, 
right now shooting S- the ball. Side of the back, like not side of the backboard, but like you know from the wing hitting hitting nothing but backboard. And yeah, I was like, oh man. Yeah, so he needs to he needs to play better if he's wants to get past the Raptors and the set or the Celtics, whoever they have to get through after this round, because they they are going to pull they are going to pull it around. They're not going to lose to the Magic, and they're not going to let the Magic beat them in four games. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask that next. Do you, do you give the Magic any chance? But I guess you already answered that. Yeah, no, but I, I mean, I'll answer for myself too. Personally, I don't either. If you remember back to last year, the Magic came out and did this against the uh, Raptors. Against the Raptors, I, yeah. I believe. Yeah, they came yeah. out and stole Game One on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, they're all neutral site games here, but same same principle. I think you know Bucks going to figure it out against this team. They don't have the firepower. Yeah, I mean, that no. they have a decent young team. Um, with I mean, Vucevic isn't super young. He's been in the league a while, but Markel Fultz, Terrence Ross. Yeah, Fultz Evan. has been a solid player yeah. all season. Um, Evan Fournier was good not good, but he's very he's a very yeah. productive shooter. Uh, he's gonna have to start stepping up in the playoffs because he did. Yeah. He he wasn't good last year either. DJ Augustine was a solid. He was solid for them yesterday off the bench. Hey, he had eleven assists. I'm looking yeah, at yeah, he had eleven and eleven yesterday. Yeah, it was yeah. So anyway, the, shout out to them. They don't have a, they don't have a deep enough team to beat the Bucks for four games, but they could probably get another win in there at least at least one more, maybe even take it to seven. But they're not going to beat them in four games. Yeah, I think I think the Bucks will probably just win the next four personally. Yeah. The game after that was the Heat and Pacers. Yeah, this was a anticipated matchup because of all the beef between Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren. Now, if you would have told me at the beginning of this season that Jimmy Butler would have had beef with T.J. Warren, I would have laughed at you and said Jimmy Butler has beef with literally everybody. <laughs> uh, Gotta love it. Yeah. You love it and you hate it at the same time. Like, it's annoying, but it's, you know, you, 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 you love it because it's just, it's, it's fun, competitive basketball. And he has a chip on his shoulder at all times. Uh, but the Heat won 113 to 101. I don't think it was that close of a game. Um, at least in the fourth quarter, the, the Heat really pulled away. Jimmy Butler led the team. Of course he did. You know, he had, Played the most minutes, scored the most points. Um, he was just their their defensive and emotional leader and their scoring leader. Go on, go on, Dragic. Uh, finally, getting a, a really decent shot in the playoffs. I've, I've I've liked Dragic for a long time, ever since he was on the Suns. I don't think he's gotten the proper respect he's he's deserved throughout his career. He's always been on mediocre teams, and he was a backup to Steve Nash as in Steve Na- in the latter part of Steve Nash's career in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, no, he's had a he's had a good career. Uh, anyway, Bam Adebayo played really well. Tyler Harrow played really well. Um, it was just it was a, it was a solid performance from the Heat, especially in that fourth quarter. They outscored the Pacers by eleven in the fourth quarter. So, I, if you look at that, that would indicate that it was a it was a close game going into the fourth because they only won by twelve. So, the fourth quarter, the Heat just took over, and it was probably Jimmy Butler taking over. I didn't actually watch the game; I didn't get a chance to. TJ Warren did not. I mean, TJ Warren had 22. He didn't actually. He didn't exactly play horribly, um, but he couldn't. He couldn't will the, the team to a win. Uh, the, the the Pacers are shorthanded. They aren't playing with uh, Sabonis. He's hurt. TJ Warren was wasn't completely healthy coming into the game. He was 
I know he was questionable coming in, but he still tied the the team for the lead in scoring with Malcolm Brogdon at 22. And then after that, after those two guys with 44 points, the, the scoring was very uh, scattered throughout. The highest is 11, then there's a couple guys at 9 and a guy at 10. So this is just another team. The Pacers, if, if they somehow win this series, they're not going to do anything after that. <laughs> just That's just the way it is right now. Yeah. I feel like both of these teams really – they're solid teams. You know, I feel either team could probably pull this series out. I'd probably give the Heat the edge because they got better, more proven players, I would say. They have Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Um, like like, we like said you said, Dragic is – you know, he's a solid player. Yeah, uh, I feel like Adebayo is probably. I would take him above the bigs that they have on the Pacers. So, you know, I just feel like they're just a little bit better of a team. You know, if they had some bonus, it might be different. But yeah, this he'd probably take this one. But you know, actually, they match up with the Bucks, who didn't look so what didn't look so hot in that first game. So for sure, maybe, but I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, and and. The I I think the Bucks are very similar to what the Hawks were when Mike Budenholzer was the was the Hawks head coach, getting best record in the league constantly and then just losing to LeBron in the playoffs. Yeah, I think he's starting to get that reputation, you know, as a good regular season coach. He's, like, is he becoming the Andy Reid of of the NBA before Andy Reid won his ring? I mean, I, I guess you could say that, but it's just like I, it, people don't put the same emphasis on the regular season, and for good reason yeah, in the NBA. Especially in the NBA, yeah. There's no, so, yeah. For sure. Anyway, uh, yeah, we can we can move on then from this. I'm not – I don't want to harp too much on this on this game. I just know that Jimmy Butler, like I said – like we've, we've said before, the NBA is a star league. If you, Whoever team has more and be, has more stars who are better – they're more likely going to win the game. And that's just, yeah, that's just how it series. is. That's just how basketball works. That's why teams press so hard to try and find a couple franchise guys and keep them together because it's so hard to do that in today's NBA. Yeah, because, you know, you only got five guys on the court. So if you got two guys that are better than the other guys on the other team, that's almost half your team right there. So yeah. there you go. So moving on, we had the Thunder play the Rockets. Now the Rockets did not have Russell Westbrook, so a lot of people were were questioning how, how this game was going to play out. I wasn't one of those people. Um, again, it's a stars league. I'm gonna keep bringing it up. James Harden is by far and away the best player in this series, and he proved it again. He had 37. He's they the the Rockets shot the ball. At a ridiculous pace, I believe they had ninety something, like around ninety points in the third quarter. It was unbelievable. They just outshot the Thunder, and that, that's their game plan. They want to. Mike D'Antoni has adopted a game plan where they have PJ Tucker playing center, and they play five out, as we know teams do nowadays, and they just shoot and shoot and drive and drive and shoot and drive, and get to the free throw line with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and that's just about it. That's their game plan. And it works because they have two very good ISO players. Yeah, um, definitely. Like especially, you said, especially against teams that don't have 
great defense. Yeah, that's the key. Um, you know, I, the, I thought the Thunder would make a better game out of this. Uh, I tried to watch this game. It was it was rough. They really were – this is one they were actually never in the game. Like, even the first half, the Rockets – you know, the first quarter is the first quarter. Of course, you're in the game because it just started. But, you know, over time, they just continue to pull away and pull away. And the Thunder just – they looked flat. Um Chris Paul was was decent. You know, actually almost had a triple double in twenty ten and nine. Um, but yeah, like the players around him, Gallinari actually twenty nine was trying to ball, I guess. But they need, I don't know what they need. Actually, they they just need more energy. Maybe yeah, I mean, Shea only had nine. So right. they can't let can Jeff Green score twenty two. They're not going to let. They're not going to the win if they let Jeff Green. Get twenty two. Ben Mclemore get fourteen. Yeah. Eric Gordon get twenty one. You know, Eric Gordon looked really good. He did. Um, but yeah, the the Rockets just look good, man. That, that's that's all there is to say about it, really. Yeah, my my sixth man of the year pick, Dennis Schroeder, six points, three for twelve. On, that's that's definitely minutes. gonna have to. Yeah, that's definitely gonna yeah. have to improve if they want to have any shot in this series, which Absolutely. I don't give them much of a shot, especially yeah. Russell Westbrook should probably be back soon. Well, Rocket, I wouldn't Rockets even, in five. I wouldn't even bring him back at this point. I would, I would rest him, you know, unless, unless the series goes to like six games, then bring yeah. him back. But just let him, let his, let his quad get the rest it needs in order to get through to the next round. Cause you know, they're going to play either the Lakers or the Clippers, which we'll get to in a second. Because we'll this is the four five, right? Yeah, they would play the, the yeah. well, the Lakers or the or you you mean the Trailblazers, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, well, speaking of the Lakers, we'll move on and talk about that game. The last game of the night. Damian Lillard is just on a different planet right now, and I think it's just gonna take. LeBron and AD to get to that planet. They, they, I mean, the Blazers have been playing playoff basketball since they got to the bubble. They've had to in order to even make it there. So they've had to play at a, at a certain level in order to just get to this point. And they're obviously not going to stop. They, they, at the, their, their goal at the beginning of the year was to get to the championship, and they're going to keep trying. They have the best point guard in the league right now and the best backcourt in the league right now. Any team that has the best backcourt in the NBA has a chance to get to the finals. I don't care who else is on the team. Because if, if, if your backcourt can score 80, 90 points by themselves, you don't need a couple guys to score five points, and that's 100-plus points right there. So <laughs> anyway, uh, what I think is going to happen in this series remains to be seen. Um, but just, just talking about game one, we, I remember we, we mentioned Hassan Whiteside in our last episode and he showed up last night and a For big, sure. he had seven points, eight rebounds. I think he had about five blocks. Yeah. Five blocks. I was going to say that was, that was huge. where he really stepped up. Yeah. Yeah. And then that fourth quarter, he had a couple of big blocks and yeah. Down the stretch, yeah. Of course, Dame hit that three from just in front of the logo from about, like, 45 feet or whatever it was. It's probably an exaggeration, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's close to what the actual 
the actual uh, foot was, but it was that shot. When when I saw that shot go in, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I know we've seen Steph make some really, really deep threes. I don't know if he's ever made one that deep where he was pulling up in his actual shooting motion other than, you know, because we've seen him make half-court shots where he's doing that whole running half-court shot that you yeah, have yeah. to do in order to make it from back there. I don't think I've ever seen Steph pull up and do his actual pull-up jumper motion from that far. He probably could. I don't think I just ha- I've ever seen it. Yeah, the crazy thing is I feel like the one in the playing game was was deeper. <laughs> he's, he's just – he's shooting from the parking lot. Uh, I can't say enough about Dame Dalla, you know, logo, Lillard. Shooter, shooter. I've been that, you know, it's – he's been he's been doing his thing. He was was big the whole game. Well, he did go cold from the field for a big part of the game, actually, from like the second quarter. He didn't score again until the fourth quarter, or from the field at least. And, you know, a lot of players on his team stepped up. C.J. McCollum, especially down the stretch, he made a lot of big buckets. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, in the playoffs, sometimes you need a player that's just going to be able to take the ball one-on-one and get a bucket on his man. And he seems to be able to do that. You know, he's not a superstar by any means, but he's definitely – all-star caliber player so him stepping up is going to be huge if they want to advance uh i i i was really surprised a little bit uh coming in i didn't think the trailblazers would be able to play enough defense their defense hasn't been good but i think it was more about the lakers not being able to play enough offense their their offense looked very stagnant they don't have a lot of shooting so you know, well, teams I, can pack the paint. And I think they do. They just couldn't shoot last night for whatever reason. I yeah, mean, Danny Green is – They haven't a, been great all year. Yes. They've been all right. Yes and no. I mean, Danny Green is still a very solid shooter. Contavious Caldwell-Pope had a, had a true triple oh. single with one, one, and one. <laughs> um, he he doesn't need to be on the floor. Uh, <laughs> I've never been a KCP fan. Yeah, neither have I. He had I that know. one good year in Detroit, his last right. year there, and you know he's been making money off of that year. So shout out to his agent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he doesn't need to be on the floor. Um, I was very surprised, you know, with their lack of scoring that that was going on. That Dion Waiters or J.R. Smith didn't get a chance. Um. You know, I know these guys aren't the greatest players, but yeah, when you're, if they're yeah. one thing, they can score some points. I feel Absolutely. like so. Yeah. At least Dion Waiters definitely he can he can still get it off the dribble a little bit. Uh, he can shoot it, definitely shoot it better than Caruso and mm-hmm. you know some of those guys that were out there. So we'll see what adjustments Vogel can make. Uh, yeah. I think the Lakers are in real trouble here. I don't. So I I'm going to disagree with you on that, and here's why. The Lakers played about as bad as a game as they could, right? Anthony Davis was eight for twenty-four. They couldn't shoot the ball. There, they were. They shot thirty-five percent, fifteen percent from three, and sixty-four percent from the free throw line. That's awful. And they only lost by seven. And the Blazers played about as good as a, good of a game as you can think of. Um, maybe not as good because they only shot thirty-nine percent. But I'm telling you, yeah, because I feel like Dame still has at least. One or two 40, 40 oh, 50 yeah. point games in this series, so yeah, no, so do I. But who else is there? LeBron James, you know, he's what I think is going to happen. 
Cleveland LeBron is going to come out. Well, it's going to have to because, you know, I it's, felt like he was he was pretty passive. I wouldn't say – I mean, yeah, he, he, had, he, had 20, he had a great game. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody – 23, 17 rebounds and 16 assists. I mean, Yeah. I feel like, personally, he's going to have to be the scoring leader on this yes. team if they're going to yes. win, win it all because Andy Davis is a great player. But it's this is a new it's a new thing for him, you know, playing on the, the Hornets and the Pelicans. When you go to the playoffs, he's only been once, I think, or maybe twice. A couple times, yeah. Yeah, but when you go with them, you know, there's no expectations on you, you know. But you know, now in the Lakers, you're playing with LeBron James every game in the playoffs, all eyes are on you. So we're we're calling for Anthony Davis, but LeBron James is gonna have to be the driving force, like yeah. always, honestly. Yeah, I think if if he gets into that 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 mindset that he had when um they were when the Heat were down three to two in the first year he won the, the championship. Oh, against the yeah, Celtics. Against the Celtics. If he can get into that mindset, they're gonna they're gonna steamroll through the Blazers. They're gonna steamroll into the Western Conference Finals. Whoever they play next. Yeah. I yeah, I believe that. Um but it's, it's it's just a matter of getting into that mindset for LeBron because he is such a passive player. That's just how he is. How he's that's what he he's always said he is. He is a pass first player. He is a facilitator, and people bash him for that. Whether it's deserving or not, it, it is at times because he claims he's the goat. When well, when you're the goat, you need to take over and you need to be the guy to score the points when your team is struggling. You can't keep. You need to trust your teammates, but at the same time, you need to trust yourself too. Yeah, I felt yeah down the stretch. I felt he was trying to facilitate way too much, and you know that's kind of always been my biggest gripe with LeBron James. You know why he's not like my favorite player or anything. Just like I feel like, you know, like he doesn't have that. I mean, he has it. Don't get me wrong. It's just not all the time where he feels like, you know, we're down, we're down four. Like I need to take the ball right here and make something happen, like, for myself first. And then, you know, if of course, if you're getting double and triple team, you got to hit the open man. But it's not like that sometimes. You know, sometimes I feel like he's standing at the top of the perimeter, you know, running the offense, which is fine. But, you know, I want to see that. I want to see that killer mentality. I want to see, see that, you know, that the dog. team. You know, we're, we're, we're starting to get down. Give me the ball, please. Like, everybody move out the way. And, you know, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's hard to disagree. I don't think you can disagree with that. It's just whether you prefer someone who is an all-around player or somebody who's like a Kobe or a Mike and wants to take the games over by themselves. It's whatever you prefer, you're going to either pick Kobe or LeBron. The, the, not as your GOAT, but as between, that, between those two and, and that debate, that's who you're going to pick. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to always have to be by yourself. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, you know, other people who hit big shots too. Right. You well, your Steve Kerr's and your Paxons. I was, I was literally going to bring Ori and I was going to bring the Bulls up. They, yeah. you know, Mike did everything until they doubled, and he had to trust his teammates. He had to. Right. And teammates got to step up. <laughs> I think LeBron, hit the shots. I think LeBron trusts his teammates a little too much at times. I don't know if it's so much he trusts him too much or if he's – I think he's a lot of times trying to get them going because he feels like 
if he wow. doesn't do it, they're not going to get going. I just mean late in the game. Yeah. I, I, but, you know, it's still game one, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. definitely think LeBron, they're gonna, more, he, he, he filling them out a little bit. I, I still think the Lakers are going to win in six. Even if even if the Blazers win in game two, I still think the Lakers can can get four in a row. You say even if they win game two, because that, that's literally what I was going to say. If they lose game two, I think they're in serious trouble. I think they might they might lose the series if that happens. I disagree, but well, that's that. We can we'll find out. Hey, they got to put up some out. points. You know, ninety three points ain't gonna cut it in this league. If LeBron can get forty, thirty, or not even forty, if he can get thirty, thirty five, and eighty, can get thirty. I think, and they shoot better than fifteen percent from the three point line. They're gonna be fine. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, yeah, moving on to the the first day of Game Two action, which is today. Uh, now the the Raptors played the Nets. Um, it was a lot closer than the first matchup, for sure. Definitely was. But the Raptors pulled away in the end, uh, again. Um, yeah. yeah, the the Raptors are just. I think the Raptors were losing at halftime, but they ended up. Holding the Nets to 14 points in the in the fourth, or I'm sorry, to 19 points in the fourth quarter, and outscored them by 11. And uh, the Nets are just they are a just a scrappy group, and yeah, they're good. They're young and they're good. They only played nine players. No, I'm sorry, they only had an eight man rotation today, and. They had six guys scoring double digits. The, lead, the leading scorer only had 21. Then everybody else had between 12 and 17 besides two guys who had two and three. So, you know, good on the Nets, man. Like like we said before, we're surprised. They're surprising us big time. They don't have anyone. They All they have is Karis LeVert. They don't have Joe Harris. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, they do. He's right here. Joe Harris had 14 points today. But they didn't. They don't have Dinwiddie. They don't have Kyrie or KD. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say this. For me, this playoffs for the Nets is more of you know developing some of these younger guys. This is more like a, a practice run from when they get KD, when they get Kyrie and Dinwiddie, like you said, DeAndre Jordan. They got a lot of guys. You know, these are proven NBA guys coming back. Couple, couple superstar players. So we're gonna see what happens with this Nets team. You know, moving forward, they're looking like a, a solid team for the next couple years. Uh, as far as this series goes, they don't really have much of a chance. Uh, this game was this game was tight, like you said. They were leading at half. Um, they they were scrappy, man. They were playing hard. I got to give it to him. You know, I found myself rooting for them at one point because I was like, you know what? I I like seeing the underdog team win sometimes. You know, these guys are playing hard too. You know, hopefully they can get a game. But I just don't see it happening. I still probably think they'll get swept. Yeah, I mean, they had had 17 turnovers today and then they lost by five points. Yeah, they were down three with – they had the ball with 14 seconds left. And Joe Harris got strapped on on the perimeter. Uh, I can't remember who was guarding him, but yeah, he just got locked down. Led to an easy dunk to end mm-hmm. the game. They just they don't have the firepower. They don't have a guy that they can just get buckets from. Really, it's gonna have to be a full team effort. And right. 
when you're going against a great defensive team like this, sometimes you need a, a guy that can just elevate his game, and they just don't have it. Yeah. Uh, no, on the Raptors, you know what's a little concerning for them? Um, the It seems like Marc Gasol went from very good center, a, a shell of his old self last season, to not even close to that this year. Um, he played 17 minutes. He didn't score a single point. Only had four rebounds and two assists. Yeah, minus 13 when he was on the court too. Yeah, so he was. That, yeah, uh, he was pretty bad. That's definitely concerning for the Raptors. But he is playing. His matchup was a young, lanky Jared Allen, who people are, very good defensive center. If you don't know who he is, people definitely sleep on him and his yeah. afro. Um, yeah, yeah. I was. I, people make a lot of jokes about him because you know he he gets dunked on sometimes. But you know he's he's a very good shot blocker, and he's probably blocked a lot more of those dunks than he actually got dunked on. One so. big man doesn't get dunked on though. Like Dwight Howard is one of the best. Yeah, unless you're just you know getting out of the way, which he's he's not doing that. He, right. He, he's not giving up the easy dunk. So it's just a part of the job. If you, if you let it get to your head as a big man, then you're not going to last in the NBA because guys are just freak, freakish yeah, yeah. athletes and it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, the, the nets, like I said, they're surprising. Um, Pascal Siakam only had 19. Then they had three guys get over 20. Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell had 24, 21 and 24. And, you know, that's, that's all you need. You need, Guy, you need four guys to score just about 20 points. Uh, and they did all the scoring pretty much. And sometimes that's all you need. And they got it done today. And they're going to get it done in this series. They're going to win the next two games. And they're going to move on and probably play the Celtics. And that's going to be one hell of a series to watch. Facts. Yeah, this Raptor team going to be tough if they're getting 24 from Powell off the bench. Um, I, I like Van Vliet a lot. He really showed up last year in the playoffs down the stretch for the Raptors. Uh, made a lot of key buckets. He can handle the ball. He can actually create shots not only for himself but for other players too. He he added 10 assists with his 24 points today. Yep. Didn't really shoot it the best, but, you know, he got it done enough. Kyle Lowry is Kyle Lowry. We we all know him by now. He's a, he's a dog. Uh, plays hard. One of the better defensive point guards in the league. It's got that Philly mentality of just grinding all the all the time. Definitely, definitely, he's a grinder. Um, so yeah, Raptors looking good, in my opinion. A little scared today, but yeah, they're looking good for the most part. Um, next game, Jazz Nuggets. We wanted we called out Donovan Mitchell on Monday for even though he had fifty seven. He had yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we called him out too much. No, he, just... Even though we had 57, he had that major mental mistake that cost him the game. We think cost him the game. All right. Um, and today, you know, he showed out, and the rest of the Jazz showed out, and they, they their defense was much improved. Um, they won 124-105. to 105. Now, Nikola Jokic went crazy at 28 11 and 6 michael porter had 28 but everybody else on the nuggets you know wasn't really there to be seen we talked about jamal murray on monday he only had 14 uh it's a little disappointing for me 
because I was the one who was on the <laughs> the Jamal Murray bandwagon. Um, but with that said, Paul Millsap, your starting center or your starting power forward, who is getting paid quite a bit, I'm pretty sure, only had five points in 18 minutes. Uh, Torrey Craig, your starting shooting guard, only had – he didn't score at all, uh, you know. In 28 minutes. In 28 minutes, did not score. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Yeah. So, anyway, the this is going to be a series that has games like this. It's going to go back and forth. I, this is probably going to be a six or seven-game series. And I'm excited to see how this unfolds. I really don't know how it's going to unfold. I still think the Nuggets are a better team, so I'm going to pick the Nuggets to, to get through at this point. Um, but it, right now. Right now, if I had to give it a percentage, I would, I would say 55-45 Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little more confident in the Nuggets right now over the Jazz. This was a tough game for them. Uh, from about the second quarter on, the Jazz just really pulled away. I think, I'm think i pretty sure they were up like 27 or 28 going into the fourth. And, you know, by then it was over. Uh, so they didn't look good today, but – I'm just confident, you know, they just have the better players, I feel like. And this is a Stars League, like you said. You know, the Jazz, they have Donovan Mitchell, who's definitely a star. Uh, Rudy Gobert, he's very good defensive player, but not really the offensive star like some of these other guys that I'm about to mention for the Nuggets. So I just feel like the Nuggets got a better team overall because, you know, they got Jokic going. He still had 28-11-6 today. Um so good for him. Uh, you know, could have been better. Could have been more efficient from the field. He was only 10 for 21. But he's a, he's a star in this league. Jamal Murray, really tough game. Only 14 points in 30 minutes. But he's a star, I feel like. Michael Porter Jr., he's not a star yet. But he had 28 today. Uh, he's really looking better and better each game. In my opinion, he's looking tough, I think few years down the road he might be one of these guys that we're we're gushing over you know talking about how they're a top five top 10 player in the league so wow I think they got the firepower I think they'll I'd probably give it about if I was doing percentages probably 65 70 percent sure the Nuggets will win this series yeah if they were at full strength I would would be probably as confident as you Uh, they don't have Gary Harris um, or Will Barton and those two have been pretty big for their depth and their, and, and their rotation uh, since last year and two years ago. Actually, they've they've been they've been pretty big for that team for uh, a couple years now. So, not having those guys definitely hurts. Um, however, we saw them at their best on Monday, and I think, what, like I said, they're gonna they're gonna get through. Moving on. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about this game again, but I'll, I'll bring it up because it's next in it's next in line. Philadelphia 76ers got absolutely torched by the Boston Celtics. Uh, after the first quarter, the Sixers were up by six. They had a 14-point lead at one point in the first quarter. I, I was happy. I was excited. Their offense looked good. I was really surprised at the response to losing game one. Well, I was wrong. Uh, Jason Tatum was unbelievable. 
he had 17 points at least. Uh, I forget, I'm not sure if he scored any more in the first half, but I know for a fact he had 17 points and five for six for three at one point um, in that first half. Joel Embiid, you know, I wanted him to get 35 and 15. He just about got it. He didn't get 15, but he had 34 and 10. Uh, the next closest player on the team was Josh Richardson at 18 and then Tobias Harris with 13 and Shake Milton at 14. You can't win in the NBA when you give up 128 points and let three guys absolutely torch you. Jason Tatum had 33, Campbell Walker had 22, and Jalen Brown had 20. You, you can't win like that in this league. Yeah. Yeah, you summed it up pretty much. Um, Celtics just the better team. Not really much more to it, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and dude, I have so many things I want to bring up with the Sixers. I feel like, you. No, like, I, you can go ahead if you want to go ahead. They, so they're up by 14, and Brett Brown talked about the other day how important Alec Burks is to their, to their rotation. He didn't play a lick of time in the first quarter. And, and didn't get in until halfway through the second quarter. And by that time, the Boston had already regained the lead. And he had Raul Neto playing more minutes in the first half than Alec Burks. And Like, every time I see Raul Neto play, I don't know what he's doing. He's, I don't know what he's doing. It's awful. He, all right, you know what? I'm just going to go on my tangent now. I can't. Like, <laughs> I go for it. The, I'm all here for it. The amount of players – that the the organization itself, the 76ers organization itself, is one of the worst-run organizations in the NBA. Let me explain why. I was going to say, I feel like that's a little harsh. Let me explain why. They drafted Mikael Bridges last year from, this, from uh, Villanova. Really good, really solid player. You want to know who they traded him for? Zaire Smith. How much time has he played in the NBA? Barely, maybe like five games. I don't know exactly, but I've barely heard his name. If, yeah. if the Sixers did not trade Bridges and they retained literally nothing, this is now this is from Mike O'Connor on Twitter. This tweet absolutely shocked me. If the Sixers didn't trade Mikel Bridges and then did literally nothing but retain their guys after draft night in 2018, this is what their roster would look like. Now this is this is prior to Jimmy Butler and then Tobias Harris and all those other trades. So obviously, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Robert Covington, Mikel Bridges, Landry Shamit, Shake Milton, Dario Saric, Furkan Korkmaz, Rachon Holmes, TLC, who is Timothy Luawu, I forget how to say his name, but he plays for the Nets now, and Markel yeah, Fultz. And they would have $18 million in cap space still. That roster, no, it's not. They don't have another superstar other than Ben and Embiid, but they have shooters and they have defense. Not to mention they have Matisse Thybulle as well. So, the front office's decision to try and force getting forcing another star in there, a couple more stars in there, in Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, who I don't even consider a star. He's just a solid NBA player with his recent performances. If they right. don't if they don't try and force a third star and a fourth star in there 
future for this team would be much better, and they would be a much better team than they are right now. Period. I never really agreed with the Tobias Harris thing. I never bought into his game like that. I thought, you know, he's a solid player, but he shouldn't be getting paid the way he's getting paid now. Absolutely not. But um, Jimmy Butler, I was on board with that. You know, I still think that if you guys had retained him, you would be in a lot better position, uh, 76ers, that is. Uh, So I'm not all the way against it. That roster that you mentioned, I still don't feel like would have been good enough to win the championship. So, all they needed, all they needed around Ben and, and Joel Embiid is shooters, and every single guy I, li- I named on that list can shoot except Markel Fultz. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't like. I really don't like the fit of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. A lot of people don't, and I just don't think it's it's going to happen. I'm. I'm, I still think they they can work well together, but if Ben just just decides he's not a shooter and he's not going to shoot, then I don't want him. I I want if if that's the case, I want the I want the front office to build the team around Joel Embiid, get shooters back on this team, and start. I'm not going to say start another process because that's awful. It didn't work. Period. They they messed it up. If, I- I thought it worked pretty well. You guys went before Look, the process. You guys only, were, you know, seventh, eighth seed type of team. Uh, right. Consistently mediocre. Right. So, I mean, you guys are, sure. you guys definitely had more promise than that. And I still think, oh, I should say, I still think that, you know, with Simmons and Embiid, you know, if it doesn't work out, these guys are both still young. We got to remember. Oh, I know. But, um, You know, if it doesn't work out, they can still trade one of these guys. What was and the, still get you know, another star player back or something, you know, reload and try to do it again. So I, I still, I feel like you guys are in way better position than before the, the process. Where, where, how far were the Sixers going before the process, the second round? Yeah. But I mean, maybe not even that, <laughs> maybe the first round, second round sometimes. No, I'm telling you it was the second round in 2012. That was, the, that was, that was, that was as far as deep as they went. It was because. Oh, because D Rose got hurt. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure you guys. But they did take. They did take the. uh, They did take the Celtics to seven games. I'm just saying. Anyway. um, Yeah. But I'd rather just have star players. How? Yeah. So they made it to the second round, right? How far have they gone after the process? (laughs) The second round. Hey, they were four bounces away. Four bounces. That's very true. From a well, from a chance because you guys are gonna have to go to overtime. But, But yeah. Now, is whose fault is that? Is that the front office or the coach? I think it's both. More so the coach. I want him gone. I want him gone now. I don't even care. Don't let him finish a freaking season. Like I was, I was. <laughs> it's only two more games. <laughs> I was such, I was such a supporter. I was like, give him a chance. He stuck with us. His his overall record as a coach is awful because he chose to stay here and go down in flames with that those awful rosters we were putting out in order to get high draft picks. It's just, man, like I said about Alec Burks earlier, it's just little simple things like that, little small things like that. The inability to make adjustments in the middle of the game. No Sixers fan right now likes the Sixers. I saw a tweet. 
another tweet. I follow Philadelphia Sports Twitter. This team is as disappointing, if not more disappointing, than the dream team of the Eagles dream team back in 2012, 2013. Remember when we signed, we had Asante Samuel, DRC, Namdi Asamoa, Vince Young. We still had D. Jackson, LaShawn, and Shady, and, you know, and McNabb. We still had a very, you know, on paper, a great roster. And then Vince Young called it the dream team. And then the season was shit. This year was supposed to be a redemption for the Sixers. Because of how hurt it, they were last season, losing that game seven, as they should have been. They should have harnessed that and used it to get better. What does the front office do? They can't resign Jimmy Butler. They go in and pay Al Horford $89 million over three years, and he can't even score more than four points in 23 minutes against his former team. Yeah, it's it's looking it's looking rough for Al Horford moving forward. Between two hundred and eighty nine million dollars, you want to know what that got you tonight? Sixteen or seventeen points. That's what it got you tonight. And two hundred eighty nine million dollars with Tobias Harris and Al Horford. That's ridiculous. It's just Elton Brand. I I want the whole thing blown up, man. I want <laughs> I want Embiid. I want Simmons to stay. I want Matisse Thybulle to stay, and I want Shake Milton to stay. Everybody else can go. Hey, I, I guess I don't disagree. I mean, I feel like you can give Embiid and Simmons another chance. Uh, they didn't get a fair chance this year. We got to put that out there because Simmons did go down. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying, you know, I still probably would have picked the Celtics to win the series if they had Ben Simmons, but they definitely would have had a better chance. So definitely got to give them another run. Like we said, the last time we saw them together in the playoffs, they lost in game seven to the Raptors, who were the eventual champs on a last second shot that, you know, some people say was lucky. You know, I don't like to say that because these guys practice all the time. So it's not really luck, but practice a fade, a fade away from the corner over a seven footer all the time. So you you told me he practiced that. I'll tell you, he probably does. (laughs) (laughs) These guys are practicing like they're in the NBA, man. Like, yeah, I know. Regardless, man, just a good shot. Um, so yeah, we'll see what they do next year. It's over for them. Four Oh sweep. Calling I want, it. I want Elton Brand gone. I want Brett Brown gone. I want Tobias <laughs> Harris gone. I want Al Horford gone. I want, like I said, keep the core of Joel and Ben. Maybe Josh Richardson too. And, it, and, and Josh Richardson is too. He's too sometimesy for me, if what? that's a word. You know, he yeah. he play, he plays well sometimes. I feel so, like more times than not, he's he's just kind of out there. Anyway, I, I'm done on talking about them for now. I'm, yeah, I'm done. Um, last game, last game of the night. It's coming down to the wire here. Not really. Not really. No. Kinda, um, yeah. So right now, there's. It's just about midnight on Wednesday night. Two and a half minutes left of the Clippers Mavericks game, and the Mavericks are up by twelve. Luka Doncic is doing Luka Doncic things. Chris Tapps Porzingis is making that difference like he thought he like we thought he would. Um, and they just have they're they're scoring all over the place. They have what six guys in double digits right now. And yeah, they are uh the, the Mavericks are a good matchup for the Clippers, man. We we said it before. They're shooting they they're shooting fifty percent, forty six percent from three today. That's you know, 
anybody who does that, they're not going to lose most likely as long as their defense is, is solid. And from what it appears it is now, since we haven't actually watched the game, I haven't been able to watch this game as much as I would like. Yeah. I watched a little bit of the first half. We don't know. I don't know if Paul George, what what's going on with Paul George, but if he, he wants to get to the finals this year, and I know him coming to, to the Clippers was a big reason for that, joining up with Kawhi. He needs to do more than score. He needs to do more than score 14 points, have as many points as Marcus Morris. That's unacceptable. On four for 16 shooting. Unacceptable. Now, I remember you, you, you brought up. I told you guys. I remember you brought it up. The playoffs, he sometimes disappears, and you know what? It might be another case of that. I'm telling you, man, Paul George is – he's not the guy that everybody thinks he is, I should say. I mean, he's still a great player. Don't get me wrong. You know, if I – do I want Paul George on my team? Yes. But, you know, he's got to step up, man. Like, we, we're really hard on guys like James Harden because, you know, people don't feel like he elevates his game in the playoffs. They think he plays a little bit worse. But Paul George, to me, has always been like that. And, you know, no one's ever really called him out. So I'm going to keep calling him out. Well, he wasn't like that in Indiana when he got to the conference finals the first time. He was and he wasn't. When he was literally by himself, the next best player was Roy Hibbert. But he still still would have games where he didn't really show up, you know. You could say the next best player was Roy Hibbert, but that that team had some good players. They had David West, who was solid. For you know, a good twenty and ten. Um, Lance Stevenson was better than he is now. I mean, he wasn't great or anything. But he was a good man off the bench. Uh, George Hill was a solid point guard. He had a little solid squad in the East. You know, the East isn't no isn't nope. that great. So I mean, but they were playing. They did against, exactly what they were supposed to do. I feel like, and they, then they were playing against LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosh. Yeah, and then they lost. But I mean, Paul George could have played better. Paul like, George let made him get to seven games. Yeah, but what did he do? With those? He, he, that's what I'm saying. He maybe had three games that he played good, and the other games they had chances to win sometimes, other, and he just games, didn't step up. Like, he was up against LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. What do you mean? He's got to step up. Like, it's, it's, we, we, hey, we said it's a superstar league, right? I mean, whoever has. Well, I thought he was a superstar. He was, or he was about to be at that point. But LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh were already superstars, is my point. And hey, my man Dirk said when he is a superstar, he, he did <laughs> this thing. like He was not. He, and Dirk, that was after years of people saying the same thing about Dirk that, you know, in the playoffs, they never get it done. They get one seeds and get knocked well, out by eight seeds. That is true. Dirk was Dirk a superstar. Came he wasn't a superstar that year. He was godlike in that year. All the teams yeah. he, he had to beat and get he through. He was unstoppable. You know, I don't think he – I think he missed, like, one free throw throughout the entire playoffs. Like, what? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see about we'll see about Paul George, man. As the series progresses, it's about to be one-one. Uh, if yeah, unless um, the Clippers can pull off something crazy here, which is very unlikely at this point, a uh, minute yep. and a half left, down by twelve. Paul George missed another three. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, so. NBA playoffs, man, I love it. I absolutely love it. it. This is, other than the Sixers being a massive disappointment again, 
this has been great. These past two days have been great. All eight games, or now 12 games, have been great. Uh, yeah, before before we get off this this game, though, I just wanted to uh, say, you know, with the Mavericks winning this game, you know, tying it up at 1-1, do you give them a chance at winning this series? I want to say no off the bat, but my gut says it. there's a chance because Luka won and two, KP and and – Three, their coach Rick Carlisle is a Hall of Fame coach. Definitely. Uh, Luka Doncic is a lot of people. To a lot of people, he's already a superstar. I don't want to say that just yet. I think he needs one more year for me to to give him that that title of being a superstar in this league. However, the stuff we're seeing from him at 21 years old is unbelievable, and you know, it's what it's what I wanted from from my from the Sixers superstars. I wanted Ben Simmons and Joel to to have the mentality he has and be as aggressive and dominant as he is because I think they have the potential. Now, with that said, do I think he can get past Kawhi Leonard? No. Uh, I think right. if, I think if they put Kawhi Leonard on on Luca, then there'll be some problems for Luca. Yeah. I still think the Clippers win this one probably in six. Um, they just make some coaching adjustments. They'll make they'll make some adjustments. I think Paul George uh, doesn't have a game below twenty again. Um, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be so confident in that. I'm gonna be but, confident in that and say that. Yeah. But yeah, I do think they'll pull it out. I still think they're really still trying to pull it all together. You know, they've had a lot of moving parts in the bubble. Guys leaving, coming back. Montrez Harrell just got back a couple games ago. So, you know, I think they'll be all right. But um, I do want to say, because you said you wouldn't call him a superstar yet, I'll definitely go out there. Luka is a superstar. You know, I, I asked for guys to show up in the playoffs. He's showing up. You know, he's sure. done that the first two games. He did have 11 turnovers the first game, but, you know, he's young. So yep. he gets a little bit of a pass, but he's he doesn't need one really because – He's stepping up, so. Yeah. Yeah. Superstar right. Luca. Not much else to say. Uh, Luca Magic. <laughs> the. Yeah, so. I guess that's enough talk about the NBA for now, at least tonight. Yep. Uh, that's cool. Our next episode, still haven't decided with the, like we said, with the playoffs here. But before that, though, let me. Yeah. I just wanted to mention, you know, because we talked about the Champions League last oh, yeah. time on the pod. So, uh, you know, showing a little growth here. I've been keeping up, guys. So yesterday, which would be Tuesday, the 18th, Paris Saint-Germain, PSG as they're better known, beat RB Leipzig. Hopefully I'm pronouncing I think it's I... – uh-oh. I'm that right. 95% sure I'm not. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to give much analysis. Just know they're going on to the final to play Bayern Munich because they won today. Also 3-0 to zero over Lyon. So, Lyon? <laughs> hey, it's L-Y-O-N. It you know, is. It was out there. You know, it's, my team, Lyon. So it's French. Never heard of them. It's French, so it's Lyon. Lyon. Oh, I'm, Lyon. So, 
sorry to the to the Frenchmen out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, right when the right when the semifinal matchups were were set, I knew for I knew what the final was going to be. I knew it was going to be PSG versus Bayern. I, I love Cinderella stories and underdog stories, but when it come when in in soccer, uh, when you have two teams who are so dominant and have dominant players uh underdogs don't really have don't really stand a chance especially when the two teams who who are there have spent as much money on players as they have now transfers or or trades i guess but it's not really trades in soccer is a lot different than in any, in any sport i've ever followed because teams will literally pay clubs money to get contract rights of a player. It's what whether you like it or not, that's just how it works. And why you always see Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, PSG, all those all Juventus, all these teams constantly at the top because they spend the most money on players. Now, the the amount of money that Bayern or I'm sorry, that PSG spent on Mbappe and Neymar, their two best players, was more money than they than uh, Leipzig spent on their entire team. If that That's doesn't crazy, if that doesn't tell you who's gonna win the game, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So, and it is, it is crazy that money will literally, if you can, if if you have investors, uh, and you have money you can literally buy a championship and that's what psg has been trying to do they haven't i don't think they ever won a champions league title they're trying to do that this year uh and they don't stand a chance in my opinion against Bayern. no chance at all now yeah honestly i wish i could uh say say you're wrong or something but i really i really wouldn't know you know i just know mbappe is really good so mbappe is great and neymar is great yeah Uh, maybe Maybe with those two guys, but soccer, the the tactics or in yeah. American terms, the scheme is so important. Uh, and the way Bayern has played throughout the entire season, and especially with the way they dominated Barcelona, I don't see another another uh, outcome other than them winning handedly by at least two goals, maybe four to two, five to three, three to one. You know, it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot of goals scored in, in the Champions League final, and I just I can't wait. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for the playoffs to keep coming, and I can't wait for the NFL to start. And one more thing, you got to fill me in because I know that they usually play like you know the the home and away. And yeah, they so have they the aggregate. They so. aren't doing that this year, at least for. So they finished the round of sixteen since they had started the aggregate games, the the two right. games before COVID hit. Uh, they finished. They played the two second legs um, for the round of 16. And then after that, the quarterfinals and the semifinals was just a one-game knockout, just oh, like the World okay, Cup cool. would be. So if they had, if they were to tied, then they would have gone the extra time and eventually penalty kicks. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what they did this year. I, I, that caught me off guard too, but, I mean, it makes sense. They're trying to get it done. They're trying to wrap it up. Cut down the travel. Well, no, so I think they're in a bubble as well. I think they're a oh. bubble-like atmosphere in Portugal. Yeah. So oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, um, I'm sure – I don't know when exactly the Champions League final is. I think it is this – it might be this Saturday, actually, uh, 
yeah, it is this Saturday coming up. So we'll, we'll bring that up eventually. I can't wait to watch that. I can't wait to keep going, keep up with this, with the NBA schedule. And our next episode will be, we don't know yet. <laughs> we, we've had a couple, you know, our first few episodes, we had uh, a set schedule of what we we're going to talk about. But with the constant change of the sports world right now, um, it's it's up in the air what our next episode is going to be. Uh, I'm down to talk more football, but I'm also down to talk more basketball because basketball is what is what's uh, trending right now in the sports world. So, yeah, and also hit us up, you know, on on Instagram at the Average Sports Nerds. It's just AVG Sports Nerds. Uh, yeah, hit us up with what you guys want us to talk about. You know, what's what's the sports stories? What's the conversations you guys are having out there? You know, we want to stay relevant all the time. So definitely yeah. hit us up. Let us know. Yeah, and like we said at the beginning, we're not experts by any means. We're just a couple of guys who enjoy having discussions about it, about sports and sharing our opinions with each other. And uh, we would love to get more, you know, a third, fourth, fifth sense of opinions on, on certain topics as well. So Definitely. Uh, with that said, uh, we thank you for listening and have a good one, y'all. Yep. And keep nerding it up.